0: Another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. The anointing. What is the anointing? It's a. It's kind of a good church word that we use that we don't fully know what we mean always when we use it. For example, we might say. Uh, that guy's anointed or that song's anointed. I feel the anointing. There's an anointing for something. They have an anointing for something. Well, which one of those is it? I think it's all of them. I think, why is there an anointing on that song? Because the anointing means to be set apart. There's just something about that song. Well, there's an anointing on a person. Why? There's just something on that person. Or There was a special anointing in the room. Tonight or in a service, why? There's just something that God marks. It's just a little, just a little, it's something special. There's special anointings or unusual miracles in Scripture. There's special moments where God's power comes into an environment and, and things shift. You know, Jesus Christ, Christ was not his last name. His last name, if he had had an earthly last name, it would have been Jesus bar Joseph, son of Joseph. I think if we want to be technical, it would be Jesus bar God the Father. But at, at, at the end of the day, that would have been a surname. Christ was not his surname, it was his position. He was the Christ. What does Christ mean? It means the anointed one. In Antioch, they will first called Christians. And it was, uh, you, you read about it in Acts 11, I believe it is. And, and, and the conversation was, uh, this is where they now first called Christians, but they called them Christians because they walk like Jesus, they talk like Jesus, they did the things Jesus did. And so as an insult, the people of the day called them little Christ. Like, Christ and I'm not, I'm not in any way trying to cheapen the name of Jesus while explaining it. I'm trying to just give you a picture. I hold the name of Christ as the most holy sacred name to ever be declared and, and so we honour Jesus Christ but they were saying you're like little Christs you're, you're Christ wannabes You're I feel crass even saying it but you're you, you just basically mini Christ in, 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 your, in what you're doing but at the end of the day they get called that which was set out to be an insult but they were pumped I mean you can call me a lot of things if you want to say hey Oh, you're doing the same things Jesus did. I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry about that. No, I'd be, I'd be like, that's the greatest compliment in the world. Like, oh, I, I saw you heal that guy. Oh, you're just a little Jesus wannabe. That's exactly what I want to be. Oh, I want to walk like him, talk like him. I'm running out of things to say that are like. Skip like him and I want to I have a word of wisdom. I want to carry power. So when I go to a, a person with blind eyes, I can say your faith has made you whole or cast a demon out of somebody, get someone loose. Man, I feel, man, I'm getting excited. I've got to calm down just a little bit. I live in South Australia. You should see what I have to preach to every Sunday. This is like being at Disneyland for me. <laughs> My church has "Look at me in judgment." That's not true. My church are awesome. I'd give them a strong 6 out of 10. Do you know? So when we are co- Here's the thing. If Christ means the anointed one and we are called Christians, Christians, surely in our Christian experience, there should be a little bit of anointing. If Christ means the anointed one and we... we that means we're anointed one So we're talking about the anointing. What what, what, what religion are you? I'm an anointed one in. Why? I'm of the anointed one. And if I'm of him and he's in me and I'm in him, there should be a transfer of anointing. The baptism. Oh man, my brain's moving quicker than my spirit. I don't know what, they're not in sync, but Lord help the mouth somehow find the balance. Here's the thing you've got to know. The baptism in the spirit is the multiplication of the anointing of Jesus on individuals so we can do what God's called us to do. In other words, the anointing is the equipment God has given the church to fulfill the call of God. You cannot do it. No matter matter how, how, I don't want to be blunt or just make sweeping statements. I mean this and scripture's so clear. You cannot fulfill in totality the call that God has for your life Without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I cannot do what God's called me to do without the anointing of God. And and so I want to just share a little bit about the anointing. Jesus talked about it. He said in in the book of Luke, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? Because He has anointed me. For this cause, He's anointed me. The anointing's for a purpose. The anointing is gifting and grace from heaven in order to fulfill... The Great Commission, with the anointing comes giftings. Can I just encourage you, you might have a gift. You could prophesy or get words of knowledge. Never elevate your gift higher than the call. The call is souls. It's going into all the world. It's building the church. And sometimes we can celebrate our gift over the call. The giftings are tools to fulfill the call. And sometimes you get someone coming, I'm a prophet, you know. I just tell people when people walk into our church, brother, I'm a prophet. I say, well, this is a non-profit organization. And and it's not, I'm being a bit cheeky. It's not because I don't love the prophetic. I love the prophetic. I love a word from heaven. But at the end of the day, all of these gifts are tools to build the kingdom of God and to build and establish what God wants to do. But these are anointings. They're the gifts of the Spirit. They're, they're, they're tools. They're heavenly equipment to get the job done. When Isaac needed a wife, Abraham was very concerned. My son needs a wife. He's 46. He's at home playing the, the Nintendo. <laughs> and it was stupid. He, he, he needs to get out more. So he sends his servant to go and find a wife. What does he send the servant with? With gifts. What were those gifts for? For a bride for Isaac. What are the gifts for? a bride for Jesus what, what are the gifts for to grow this thing called the church to impact the world around and about us we are Christians and we are of Christ the anointed one the anointing is the equipment to do what God's called us to do the, I, won't, I won't even turn there if we can, just, can you just believe that the scriptures I'm quoting are in there if we can work on trust we can do this a lot quicker book of 1 John 2 and 27 says the anointing which you received from him abides in you the anointing every person here the anointing of God abides in you now uh, Paul says to Timothy he says I remind you stir up the gift that's in you through the la- that you received through the laying on of my hands so he says the anointing abides in you but how did the anointing come Well, Paul tells Timothy, it comes through the laying on of hands, the the anointing. And and in many other cases, you see, there are special moments of impartation where we actually anoint people with oil. And I want to say this. I I hold a view that communion, baptism in water, and anointing with oil are not symbolic things, even though there is symbolism in them. I believe they are very supernatural things that we do. I've seen cancer healed when... People have taken communion. Because they actually understand when Jesus says, This is my body, I'm not saying it becomes a body, but spiritually it does. You are partaking of the person of Jesus Christ and the living, you are imbibing resurrection power every time you hold the cup. You're drawing strength from God. When you take so when we take communion, it's not it's not just a it's not breakfast. It, it is actually coming together and drawing strength of who Jesus is. We're, we're taking daily bread and taking in the resurrection and life. When you get baptized in water. Stuff in the spirit realm is cut off. You are, you, you are getting, identifying with death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. It is powerful. Baptism is not, we're going to do a symbolic thing tonight. No, every devil in hell gets terrified when people get baptized. Why? Because they're publicly declaring their, their faith. If you confess me before man, the Bible says I'll confess you in front of my Father in heaven. It's powerful. And so anointing with oil, it's not just symbolic. David got three anointings with oil. He went from a shepherd boy out in the bush to the king of Israel. That's what the anointing does. James says if you anoint the sick with oil, they'll get forgiven and healed. I mean, a dab will do a lot of stuff. We do it delicately here tonight. We'll just do Back in the Bible, they'd fill a whole horn, like a ram's horn. You'd get covered and roll down your face. And uh, we've got a couple of ram's horns out the back full of full of oil and you never know it could be your night to get totally oiled oils ain't oils they are around here but can I tell you Man, I feel like if I if I don't I've got to keep my composure because it's unprofessional not to but when I talk about this where would we be without the anointing of God I want to give you six truths about the anointing I'm going to do them this is the lightning round family feud Before I do I want to ask you a question. Might seem like a trick question, but it's not. Go with your gut feel. When Jesus was born, was he the son of God? Please say yes, quicker than that. Yes. When Jesus was born, was he God the son? Yes. Okay. You know what's interesting? He didn't do one miracle. Even though He was the son of God, obviously there's a comma, Uh, even though he was God the son, even though he was fully God and fully man, even though he was the son of God, God the son, God of heaven and earth, he didn't do one miracle on earth, he didn't cast out one demon on earth, he didn't raise one dead person on earth until at the age of 30, the Holy Spirit came upon him like a dove. What does the Bible say in Acts 10, 10, 10, 38 about that? It says how God anointed Jesus. With the Holy Ghost and power, even the ministry of Jesus. Kick started when the anointing came on him. Can I tell you, when we do this tonight, when we put our hand on your head and we're praying for an anointing for God to raise you up to do what God's called you to boo? Uh, I think the word was do that I was looking for. I got confused with be and do, and we got boo. But whatever God's called you to boo, boo it with all of your might, <laughs> boo it in faith, and we give th- God thanks. I want to give you six truths about the anointing. And it says 27 minutes and 35 seconds in about six minutes, maybe, if the keyboard player can come. So we're going to move super quick. So just write these down. Number one, six truths about the anointing. Number one, the anointing is the power of God. The anointing is God coming upon flesh, empowering him to do that which only God can do. Without it, you couldn't do the thing. In other words, without the anointing, there there are things that you cannot do without the anointing. That you can do because the anointing abides in you. The anointing's upon you. So tonight when we pray, maybe you've never experienced the anointing. Or maybe the anointing of God in you feels a bit dry, unbelieving for a fresh anointing. To fire up the gifts of God. To fire up your ability to hear from God. To fire up your ability to carry the power of the Holy Spirit in your heart and in your life. The anointing you've received from him abides in you. Praise God. Number, number two. Oh, I've got to stay on number one. I've got a guy in my church. His name's Mitch. He's been in the church since Noah's Ark. He's awesome. He's a keyboard player. He's actually Marcello. Marcello Rosmini. He's... A, he's, he, he's one of the we share a birthday he's been a faithful friend of mine for a long time and, and and he's a good man and got two boys he's in our church and Mitch is one of those people that love the holy spirit i mean if the holy ghost is moving and there's an altar call Mitch is Mitch is in he is he's just he, we, we, we share a love for the Holy Spirit I mean he's just a Holy Ghost man When he was a young Christian He got fired up for God He's newly saved And he had a car called a Valiant How many remember a Valiant? They were even a little bit before my time But they were basically a car That had a bench seat in the back And the front So there was no console You could have six people Riding in this car And it was built like a Sherman tank Some people say Well is that safe? What if it hit something? It could literally hit Airs Rock And Ayers Rock would crumble I mean <laughs> This car wouldn't even have a dent You know <laughs> Yeah, the, I don't, Yeah, moving right along. I don't know if that was the best analogy. So, But that car, he, he was in the car with his mate and he's driving the car. And uh, as he's driving the car, he's with his friend who's not a Christian and he's deaf in his right ear. And, and the Holy Spirit speaks to Mitch and says, blow in his ear, he's going to get healed. Now... Firstly, that's a complicated word when you're driving in a car with a bench seat. There's just two of you, two dudes, and you're driving the car. The guy says, blow in his ear. So Mitch is going, it's a bit awkward, Lord. And so he says to the guy, he goes, mate, I'm a Christian. Uh, I believe in healing. I know this is weird. God's told me to blow in your ear. Do you mind? And he says, that's fine. So Mitch pulls the valiant over, scoots across. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. And he just goes to that guy's ear. It wasn't like this. <laughs> yeah. Because the Bible says Jesus breathed on his disciples. And we all think Jesus went, that's not breathing, that's blowing. When Jesus breathed on his disciples, God didn't say, specific. You go, so bitch, he blows in his ear. And I'm telling you right there, a guy who'd never been born again, deaf from birth in his right ear. His ear pops open. Why? Because there's some things. There's some things. Come on, somebody, if you believe it. There's some some things that only the anointing of God can do. All right, I'll keep these ones quicker. Number two, uh, the second truth about the anointing of God. Number two, the anointing is tangible. Somebody say tangible. I've been a preacher a long time, and tangible is one word that I've used boldly without knowing what on earth it means. Man, the presence of God is tangible. What does that mean? I don't know. This is one of the most tangible pulpits I've ever seen. Man, how was your day? Oh, tangible. Man, you're looking very tangible today. So I googled the word tangible. It means something perceivable, perceptible by our senses. You can feel the anointing. We got, we've had it drummed into us in church for so long. It's not about what you feel. It's about what you believe. That's I, 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 both. I tell you, I love to lift my hands and you get the goosebumps run down your right arm. And it's like, oh, that's pretty good. They're touching something tonight. Why? Well, because the presence of God is tangible, you can feel the anointing. Let's talk about our spiritual senses. We can see with the eye of faith. We can hear with the ear of faith. Our our physical bodies respond to the anointing of God. Even as I'm preaching, I don't feel like I'm up here alone. I can feel Him by my side. He's in the house. He's in your world. He's in every situation of your life. You can feel God. I don't want to know God from a distance and know him with my head. I want to feel his presence. I, I want to know when, when life's incredibly difficult. I've got the king of glory by my side. And he's real. He's tangible. You can feel the anointing. I pray tonight. You say, well, I, will I feel something? I hope you do. I hope when we touch your head, the power of God. A divine transaction. Yeah, yeah. Number three. Right. Number three, the anointing. Well, 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 number two. Jesus is walking. A woman touches the hem of his garment. He stops and says, who touched me? And they said, a thousand people touched you." Now, someone t- touched me different. I felt power leave me. If he felt power leave her, what must she have felt? Come into her world. Can I tell you, you can feel what the power of God's doing in a room. Even tonight, you can feel. There's sometimes in a worship moment, there's just a shift. Why? Because the spirit of God's moving. and Our job is to just get in the flow of the Holy Ghost. Number three. The anointing destroys bondages. It doesn't break them. It destroys them. I remember when my wife, the first cat Molly, went home to be with Satan. And you never met Molly. That cat did not know Jesus Christ as Lord of her life. That cat's in hell, my friend. Some people say, you're having a cat. Oh, cats. No, just that cat. There's a specific, I'm a preacher, I know well my flock. That cat did not know Jesus. You know, when we looked at the invoice for getting the cat put down, it said the cat was destroyed. It didn't say broken. It was destroyed. Molly's all nine of her lives were gone. She was gone, never to come back. Did you say that's a pretty harsh illustration with kids in the room. True, I didn't realise it until <laughs> till just now. I've said three terrible things tonight. <laughs> I'll let you decide what they are. I'm aware of three. There might be ten. I, just, I, I know of three. <laughs> if your leg's broken, it can get fixed and will likely be stronger after it's been fixed. But if something's destroyed, it doesn't return. There's stuff the enemy's been dogging you with a long time. That thing's destroyed. Maybe tonight you've got addiction, you've got anxiety, you've got a sickness, you've got just some little thorn in your flesh that's come against you in the name of Jesus. Tonight, I join my faith with your faith. I'm believing that the thing's going to be destroyed by the anointing. Come on, somebody, if you believe it. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Number four, there's different kinds of anointings. Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Luke 4 says, to preach the gospel, heal the brokenhearted, freedom to the captives, healing of sickness and disease, the gifts of the Spirit, the grace of the Spirit. There's an anointing for anything you need that God's called you to do. There's an anointing for it. Number number five, the anointing can be imparted, transferable, go from one to another. All these leaders are carrying an anointing. I carry an anointing, you carry an anointing. But tonight I'm believing God is... They pray for you. They carry anointing for for this moment, but you need to come in faith to receive it. Faith plus the anointing equals impartation. You can have all the faith in the world. Sorry, you can have all the anointing in the world, but the conduit is faith. And so I want to encourage you, be in faith tonight as you receive from heaven in the name of Jesus. Number, where are we up to? Number six, the anointing releases joy. And he says in Isaiah 61, three, I'll give you the oil of joy for mourning. You can play. You know something? When she plays, everything sounds more spiritual. I'm going to show you. Just stop for one second. The anointing's real. It'll change your life. You're like, maybe, maybe. The anointing's real. It'll change your life. Here you go, full Benny Hinn. Lift your hands and praise him, I'm telling you. I feel like anything could happen in the next three minutes. The anointing releases joy. Can I come down here? Oh, bless God. Releases joy. You say, why does he he call it oil? I'll give you the oil of joy for mourning. Why is oil and anointing, why are they connected? I can give you a few reasons. I've got a car like most of you and that engine's engineered with cogs that work together. But if there's no oil in that engine, something that's been designed with millions of dollars in a design to flow together, no longer flows together, in fact, will damage each other. There's no oil. And at the end of the day, in church life, if we don't have oil in this place, what God's called to work together may damage each other. I think a sure sign of disunity and a lot of that stuff, I think the first question is where's the oil? You know, another thing anointing oil does, if you dip a wick in oil, it'll burn a hundred times longer than if it just burns on its own. What does anointing do? It It gives us longevity. I want to be old and on fire for Jesus. I mean, I'm only 22 right now, but I'm on fire. I've had a rough life. My pastor's 85 in June. If you tell him about anyone that gets saved, his lips starts to quiver and he will say, isn't Jesus wonderful? Because he is. I want to be saying that when I'm 85. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Bless God. Another thing that anointing does is it makes food taste better. Yes. Oil, I mean. Eva I I was in the like at the airport flying here yesterday last night and I was hungry I mean I was hungry hungry and they had these like just lightly baked potatoes and they were they were just boring I'm eating these potatoes and they're just' they're just potatoes I didn't think they're baked they're like steamed and then you've got to open it up and you cut it and put a little bit of sour cream in it then it starts to get some anointing on it, it starts to get a little bit of cheese and a little bit of butter and finally this potato is starting to work for me because it's got it's got a little bit of oil but I could have a steam like if I have a choice between mashed potato and chips it's an easy choice I want the chips, why? they taste better, why? because they've been in, the, in oil you get the hot bread hot bread, you know when you get you go to a cafe and it's hot bread you're all, do you know what? It's funny. I've talked about food, both services. Even this one. Now they're finally listening. They're like. <laughs> I like hot bread. But you get that hot bread and, 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 and you put butter on it. This is better. Cool have a of bullshit. I like. Have you ever been to like a, a, one of those? We, have you been to a Chinese restaurant? And I don't know I don't know why. It's not the only place I can seem to find it. They have ice cream, but it's deep fried ice cream. I mean, has anyone ever had that? Uh, I, I can tell you right now, uh, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. When we eat that stuff, it's glorious. It brings, brings honor to the Godhead. I'm telling you right now, it's incredible. Why? There's something about oil that just brings out flavor. Can I tell you? I, I've been around I'm not going to talk about the forum and I'm going to be very careful but I've hung around some Christians you think man you could do with some oil because you if boring was a sin you would you'd be the chief of sinners I mean you can I tell you he can take an average Christian fill him with the Holy Ghost put the power of God on the inside of him and they can change the world for the glory of Jesus this podcast from life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.